So did you. <laughs> now you're back. You ready? Yeah. Okay, one, two, three. Hey, hey everybody. everybody. This is Y'all, Y'all Heard, Heard, a podcast where me and Marissa Phillips, oops. Pete Phillips? <laughs> are not related, <laughs> and... We, this time of year, we stoke the flames of your mighty Yule Log, offering cracks of wisdom, pops of comedy, about wonders you've never known. While the rest of the log turns to ash and leaves a pile of black soot in its wake. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. I spaced out, so I didn't even like take in what you said, so I'm fine. I indicated that our listeners have mighty Yule Logs, which could be a euphemism. Did you say our listeners have mighty Yule Logs? Yes. (laughs) We don't only have men that listen to us. Also, you don't know how big the d***s are. Anyway, kid, how are you? I didn't mean it that way. I'm okay. I've been... Trying to just take it easy and not freak out about stuff. I have absolutely no Christmas presents for anyone that I care about. Okay. Because uh, you don't know what to buy or because you have been lazy? A mixture of both. Okay. I'm like a, Fair. you know, if uh, I'm, a, I'm a person that if I see something that I think you might like, I'm going to get it for you. And then when the holidays come, it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't have given you so much and I should have saved it. Wow, humble brag. Okay. <laughs> but I'm baking a lot of cookies, and I can give them to people, but everybody that I know is on a diet, which well, is suspicious. Maybe they start making diet cookies. Maybe they just hate my cookies. Oh, that is also valid, maybe. <laughs> How about you, Marissa? What are you up to? Well, today, the day this will release, I'm going to see a Christmas symphony in Philadelphia. Before I go home to spend the holidays with my family. Wow, how boring. Right? My life is so boring. I was telling my friend, like, my life is so boring lately. Like, story-wise, I enjoy my life. That's like, okay. Not yes. Talk about. You have to embrace those He's parts. like, I'm so happy for you. Like, dramas aren't happening. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy. But, like, I like having good stories. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I have nothing to say. Do I need to have an icebreaker? I have one. Icebreaker. Without, like, selling her out real hard. Ooh. What's something uh, playfully crazy that your mom has said recently? Are you going to tell me something that your mom said, too? Yes. <laughs> or is this a person? Honestly, this wasn't that crazy, but, like, she said a lot of things, but I can't, like, think of the latest things she said. I'll give you two easy, quick ones. Uh, one, I wore a shirt. That was a totally sheer chat, and my boyfriend lets me be me, and I was wearing a blazer over it, incidentally. I wasn't just, like, going apeshit. Can you hear that f***ing car horn? A little bit, but... <laughs> God. Marissa, this is our Christmas episode. There might be kids listening. Anyway, my mother said, your boyfriend didn't say it. What? What? Did you miss me? Did you... Sheer top with a blazer over it. My mother said, your boyfriend didn't say anything, and I was like, no, like, he lets me do what I want. And she goes, that's not good. He doesn't think you're marriage material. So that's cool. That's more like annoying rather than crazy. Uh, But then... I think all the listeners will agree that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, So then I'm watching a movie, and I get a text message from my mother that I see as soon as the movie's over. And it says, oh my god, cape... (laughs) 
K-pop died. So sad. You don't know K-pop means. That means Korean pop. So I'm like, ooh, my mother thinks somebody's name is K-pop? So I Google it, and a K-pop star has committed suicide. Oh. And then I call her, and I was like, what did you mean? I was like, I, I, who did you think you were talking about? She was like, I thought K-pop was the band you like. Mm. So let's dissect that. You've loved them for years. She thought K-pop was BTS. Yes. However, by that logic, she meant that all of the band members died. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just wanted to point that out. I decided not to put the hole in that. But yeah, anyway. Sometimes you just have to let them go. <laughs> yeah. So I talked about a little while ago that... Um, I did a cookie exchange that my mom signed me up for a cookie exchange where I had to make 144 cookies. That's insane. My mom was also a participant, so she also had to make 144 cookies. She said, these cookies are called Kris Crinkles. So first off, she said Crinkle, not Kringle. That's adorable. Right. Does she think his name is Kris Crinkle? No, she just thinks the cookies are called Kris Crinkle. So, <laughs> That's adorable. I love your mother. So they had their... Um, I don't really know what it, it's kind of like a chocolate chip, like a white chocolate chip cookie with craisins in it. Oh, it sounds yummy. I was like, "Oh, the best cookies I ever made were very similar to this." I said they were they had the craisins and the white chocolate chips and they had walnuts and they were oatmeal. And she goes, "That's too much stuff for one cookie." <laughs> <laughs> I love your mom. And that was it. She just wasn't having it. That's not- that is too much stuff for one cookie. <laughs> I don't think I would say it with such like vitriol. Yeah, but it is. You too would much be stuff. like, Pete, that's crazy. That's too much stuff for one oh, cookie. Dear. But my mom was serious. Yeah. So this year I made yeah. them. And did she spit them out and go, "This is ridiculous"? I haven't taken them home yet. Oh, I can't wait for Christmas. I also made orange shortbread cookies. That sounds yummy. Meaning with the meaning the flavor of orange and. uh blueberry oatmeal cookies oh that sounds good so yeah it's gonna be an interesting time why did you feel that you needed to specify the flavor of orange what did you think we thought you meant the color orange okay. have you ever heard of that very, the color orange very interesting that you would think that we would think you would just make regular shortbread cookies and take the time to dye them all orange yeah okay <laughs> can't wait to see how you segue into your topic speaking of misunderstanding <laughs> Okay. Guys, I'm going to start my coverage for this episode with a truthful admission. When I set out to do this topic, I thought it would be fun to explore reindeer as a cryptid. Mm -hmm. Much to my surprise, reindeer are real. (laughs) 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 And they are. That's my favorite thing to happen. Since I met you. And they are often called caribou. <laughs> so, oh, that's man. that. <laughs> Instead of just ending the show, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and move That'd on. It'd be kind of funny if you did just end the show. <laughs> but reindeer can't fly, can they? That's true. No. Caribou oh. cannot fly. I mean... That is true. Your average reindeer can't fly. <laughs> Ooh, are you going to tell us about a flying caribou? We're here to look at flying reindeer today. So how do we reconcile the existence of reindeer with our need for them to fly? Um, 
it's made of. Reindeer have actually been associated with flying for millennia. In the steppe and desert of Mongolia and into the Altai Mountains, you can find... Even before Santa Claus? You can find reindeer stones that are at least (laughs) 3,000 years old. Wow. These standing stones are carvings placed above burial sites and reindeer flying with elongated antlers are their most common motif. The Pazaric people, an ancient nomadic peoples of the Altai Mountains, are best known for the elaborate tattoos that have been found on their mummified remains. Flying reindeer, again, are clearly visible. Okay. 3,000 years ago, people were getting reindeer tattooed on themselves. Okay. (laughs) What's creepier about that is actually, if you look at pictures of mummified remains of people and there's tattoos preserved on them. Yeah. (laughs) Still... Now, these mountains are where Russia and Asia come together, so it may not be a surprise to hear that John Rush, an anthropologist and instructor at Sierra College in Rockland, California, explains one angle. That's not a surprise. As the story goes. I'm sorry I said that too early. (laughs) And I couldn't stop myself from finishing the sentence. Quote. As the story goes, up until a few hundred years ago, practicing shamans or priests connected to the older traditions would collect Amanita muscaria. Do you uh, know what that means? Also known as the holy mushroom. They would dry these mushrooms and give them as gifts during the winter solstice. Because snow is actually blocking doors, there was an opening in the roof through which people entered and exit, thus the chimney story. Oh, okay. I like that. Rush and some others believe that in harvesting and sampling this hallucinogenic algae, that some people may have thought that they saw reindeer, also common in the area, flying. Oh. Reindeer have apparently also eaten these mushrooms and just roamed about aimlessly because they're high. Um, What's more, they suggest that a reindeer could be one's spirit animal through a drug trip, which could involve flying. This theory also rolls in the idea... Uh, this is, it really falls apart to me at this one. It rolls in the idea that we bring Christmas trees inside to worship because they help facilitate the magic mushrooms. This is very complicated. This specific mushroom has a red tip with white spots, which they feel strengthens their story. You know, <laughs> red and white. I Not like to mention, that. I like that. All this business takes place in the vast cold deserts of a snow-covered land, one could say that it's like the North Pole out there. Oh! <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of um, reaching, but yeah. Speaking of reaching... What a segue! What? You know who else is a mysterious being that travels through the breeze in barren areas, and when it manifests itself, it takes the form of a being with horns and other various wildlife parts? Wait, wait, wait. Um... That's right, the Wendigo. Oh, I was gonna! I was getting there! I'm not even joking! You took away such satisfaction! I, I no. had a visual of it in my head, but I couldn't say what it was. I was gonna say, like, Indian deer walking thing. <laughs> and I was gonna call it a skinwalker by mistake. That's I a took, different thing. I took the noise that you made as, I'm trying to come up with a really funny joke. <laughs> and so I did cut No, I totally wanted it! I wanted it so bad! Now, Doesn't Krampus also look like that? I just wanted to keep the horn in. Um, yeah, Krampus has has horns. But yeah, if you want to know about more about the Wendigo, please 
go into the archives at yallheard.me and you'll be able to find the episode that we did on the Wendigo. Did we now, talk about Krampus? We have not, I don't think. Oh. Maybe you did. Not- I think you did. I felt like I did, but yeah. it was badly researched. What else? Okay. Shut <laughs> Marissa's delay is very humorous. <laughs> I hope to edit it out. <laughs> we just don't have time to cover the Wendigo today. Um, and the reason why is because it's very likely that the vengeful spirit of the Wendigo is not accompanying Santa through the sky. But it could be possibly a periton. These winged stags have tremendous and colorful wings that could help them glide through the night skies of anywhere, all over the world. Uh, according to legend... What's a stag? A deer. Oh, okay. So it's, a, it's essentially a deer with big-ass bird wings. <gasps> that was a hiccup! That was not a bird! No, that was a gasp. She was so terrified of the idea of deer... With giant bird no. wings. <laughs> so, according to legend, the Paraton, they're oddly a species that is originally from Atlantis until Atlantis was destroyed, and the Paratons survived the earthquake that took down Atlantis because they could fly, so they didn't actually have to be on the ground as it crumbled beneath their feet. Perhaps the weakest angle of the Paraton theory is that the Paraton has mostly been used in fantasy works like Dungeons and & Dragons, and even a 2012 book called Hollow Earth, which to me personally, lends legitimacy to the theory. Next up on the possible list of explanations could be the ghost deer, which is a cryptid that is indeed a deer, like a large bull elk, who is invincible and white. So you could understand... Like a white man? Or like white, like the clouds? (laughs) Like the clouds, Because a white man, also one could say, is invincible. (laughs) You could understand, though, why it being invincible is a likely avenue for Santa in choosing a reindeer, because many scientists often point out the intense speed that Santa would have to travel to cover the globe, that reindeer flying through the air would vaporize due to wind resistance. Don't scientists have better things to do? Or be torn to pieces by gravitational forces. Okay. Now, let us not forget the other cryptid, Deer Man and Deer Woman, But I know you don't even want to entertain that notion, Marissa. I know that you don't want to pretend that Santa is being accompanied by a half-man, half-deer while he's delivering presents across the world. Absolutely not. That's absolutely false. We also know that it is... What is it? So it's different than a centaur? Yes. This is a freestanding man with giant antlers and hoof feet. Wait, wait. Yeah. Shut up. Stands on two legs. Shut up. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. He has hooves, but only two feet. Yeah, and hands like you and me. That's disgusting. Yeah, we're not talking about this anymore. Go ahead. Keep on. We're not talking about we this. We also know that it is not the saber-toothed deer. Oh, shut up! Because, Marissa... Because it doesn't exist. The saber-toothed deer is extinct. Did exist. Oh, I'm Googling that. <laughs> And the fangs on a saber-toothed deer are just not as large as you would think. Oh, he just looks stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he does. doesn't look doesn't have like mondo teeth like you want to imagine. <laughs> like, you want to be like crazy. And it honestly, just, like, looks like a even if it had teeth like a saber-toothed tiger, what would they really do to help the deer fly? Oh, I wanted it. <laughs> Very true. Very true. 
One last possibility is that reindeer are simply part of the cryptid category atmospheric beasts. But atmospheric beasts kind of look like liquid aliens, sort of. That's disgusting. But, you know, like, if you remember what I said last Christmas, then you know that Santa's probably an alien. So yeah, yeah. he is using some uh, atmospheric beasts. This yeah. All to say that it goes against the grain of what we know, I did air quotes, uh, about flying mm-hmm. reindeer. Because that came from Clement Moore's A Visit from St. Nicholas, which surfaced in 1823. And a reading of which I will attach to the end of this episode if I can track it down. And it's Marissa reading the famous poem while she was very, very sick. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. That's fun. Um, so, can I just interrupt you very quickly? Yes. When you Google Reindeer Man... Or Deer Man. Some some websites have some pretty cool pictures, and some websites just also use the same picture that other people use for the Wendigo. Yes. Which is very crazy. But continue. So we are close to having 200 years oh, of... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll stop looking at Deer Man. <laughs> I'm done. Sorry. Perv. <laughs> they are naked. We are close to having 200 years of flying reindeer in literature... And that is, of course, related to the 1823 date. Um, I guess I just wrote that sentence in there. <laughs> so Moore describes eight reindeer, all that sort of stuff, when it's said that he made this up, but at least one other book cites an 1821 poem from William Gilly, an American bookseller, which contained the line, Oh, Santa Claus, with much delight, his reindeer drives his this frosty night. Okay. Deer seem to be inspired by Scandinavian tradition because Santa had previously been seen riding a horse or a donkey or in a sky chariot pulled by horses like (laughs) Ben-Hur. Okay. So reindeer are looking pretty good. Yeah. A hundred years later, Rudolph is thrown into the mix uh, as an advertising piece for a department store. Though, if we're being fair, reindeer do or can have red noses. One group of scientists determined that some reindeer noses have a red tinge because of the, quote, presence of a highly dense and rich nasal microcirculation. In other words, a lot of blood vessels packed into a tight space. In other words, some scientists are busy doing bullshit instead of actual things. The blood vessels help regulate the reindeer's body temperature in the frigid north. Another scientist posits that the red hue is due to a parasitic infection. Oh, gross. Uh, In Roger Highfield's book, The Physics of Christmas, he concludes that it is a puzzle as to why reindeer are so prevalent in the holiday lore of today. They were one of many grazing animals that ate the mushrooms and pulled the sleighs. So it's a wonder why they didn't pick a Christmas horse to fly, except that flying horses are always a bad, bad thing. Why are they? Just the idea, like, you don't like horses. Imagine the horses I'm flying not, now. That's my nightmare, but not right. everyone like me. <laughs> well, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are on horses, right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to be the four deer men of the apocalypse? <laughs> no, I'm saying that's why it could be a bad thing instead of bad person. Okay. All right. I see what you're saying. One of the reasons, though, why Santa may have chosen a reindeer to help him is because of their eyes, which can adapt to changing lights, essentially giving them the ability to see in the dark. Okay. Highfield also talks about how the depiction of reindeer is a little faulty because male reindeer. Well, wait, then why doesn't Santa just ride around with a bunch of bats? Bats can't carry his sleigh. 
Owen raise your hand. You have like a yeah. million bats. A million bats. Yeah. <laughs> What's scarier than Santa coming in on a flying horse? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> It's debatable. Horses are nasty. Continue. Male reindeer lose their antlers by the time the holidays come around because it is post-mating season. He quotes one scientist who explains that the reindeer, if male, would have to be castrated to look like they do on holiday cards that we see in stores. So, keep that in mind each time you see a reindeer this holiday season. Oh, gross. Bring that up at your family holiday party. (laughs) Poor, poor, poor reindeer. They actually did, certain cultures in Asia actually did castrate reindeer so that they would... Be picked by Santa? So that they would stay strong and be able to work through the winter because normally it's after mating season, their antlers fall off, and it's kind of like, you know, like having low testosterone, I guess. And I really like the idea of, like, everyone castrated their reindeers just like, cool. Ultimately, everybody, flying reindeer are not identified as an official cryptid anywhere that I can find, and I cannot tell you why. They're elusive. There are reports of people seeing them. There are artist depictions and representations in media. I don't know what makes a flying reindeer any different than a Bigfoot. <laughs> in fact, I call to all cryptozoologists to begin hunting for flying reindeer across the world. The definition of a cryptid is an animal that has been claimed to exist, but never proven to exist, and that's exactly what we have with a flying reindeer. Mm, Even one group who has examined the flying reindeer, a group called We Are If on YouTube, do it in such a light and playful fashion that it is just like the podcast you heard today, so don't even bother looking for it. Maybe you should start making it your life's journey to find a flying reindeer. That sounds as good as anything else I got going on. (laughs) (laughs) Marissa, do you have any questions about reindeer before I give you one bonus y'all heard related to this topic? Uh, No, I just personally want to look at pictures of deer men all day because it's like horrifyingly beautiful. Like the whale. Yes, exactly. Like the whale (laughs) fighting the giant squid in the Museum of Natural History. Anyway, continue. All right. So this is a little bit risque that I found related to uh, this particular topic. Yeah. Thank you for staying risque. Uh, Kids, if you're listening to this episode, you can maybe like step out of the room and let your parents finish this part. It's not that bad, though. Like so like if you're a cool kid, you can keep listening. (laughs) Really risque? I was joking. No, 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 it's not. The active ingredients of the magic mushroom related to this uh, tale here, the active ingredients are not metabolized by the body, and so they remain active in urine. In fact, it is safer to drink the urine of one who has consumed the mushroom than to eat the mushroom directly, as many of the toxic compounds are processed and eliminated on the first pass through the body. Oh. It was common practice among ancient people to recycle the potent effects of the mushroom by drinking each other's urine. The mushroom's ingredients can remain potent even after six passes through the human body. Some scholars... I'm going to get to the point. This is it. Some scholars argue that this is the origin of the phrase to get pissed as this urine drinking activity preceded alcohol by thousands of years. Holy 
That's disgusting. Reindeer were the sacred animals of these semi-nomadic people as the reindeer provided food, shelter, clothing, and other necessities. Reindeer are often fond of eating this mushroom. They will seek it out and then prance about while under its influence. Often the urine of tripped out reindeer would be consumed for its psychedelic effects. The effects go the other way too as reindeer also enjoy... (laughs) the urine of a human, especially one who has consumed the mushroom. In fact, the reindeer will seek out human urine to drink, and some tribesmen carry sealskin containers of their own collected piss, which they use to attract stray reindeer back to the herd when they wander. This story, it's debatable whether or not that's risque. Yeah. It's not for children. Well... Thank you for that information, Pete. If you are going to a holiday party and you're going to have a couple of drinks and you go like, man, I'm going to get pissed drunk, then you could tell people what that means. (laughs) By the way, where do you work? And then you could proceed to cups with down. What? (laughs) And then you could proceed to what? Fill cups with pee? Yeah. Guys, the amount of technical difficulties we've had on this episode is unreasonable. Oh, I'm sorry, Pete. I don't know what's happening. No, it's that old internet. Old internet. Plugs. You got anything to plug, Marissa, being that it's the Friday before Christmas? None of your symphonic uh, though, okay? We're all plebes down here. Uh, like to remind everyone i think i reminded you last year if you're looking for a unique and fun christmas thing to watch watch neo yokio pink christmas on netflix it is an anime created by the guy from vampire weekend i don't care who that is but it's really funny oh my god and it's like so oh it just makes me so happy i've seen it multiple times um yeah so if you're tired of the same old christmas stuff watch that before before christmas Christmas rings in. I wanted to plug Nailed It Holiday because I really like the show Nailed It also on Netflix. And I remember when Nailed It was a meme and then saw that it was going to get a show and I was like, this is the stupidest thing ever. They're just pictured of pictures of failed baked goods. But Nicole Byer is hilarious and she makes it all weird and awkward and lovely. Watch both holiday seasons while you bake some holiday treats for your loved ones. Uh, I have been saving it, saving watching season two because um, saving it up for a dark day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you guys are a comedy podcast fan, Jason Manzukis is a uh, judge on the first one and Paul Shear is a contestant, I think, on the second or third one. All right. I'm not like huge on the show. I can only watch like one episode at a time. It gets boring after once. But seeing those separately were enjoyable back to back was not enjoyable guys thank you for listening and i hope all your christmas dreams come true no if you want to leave any holiday wishes for us uh you can do that through some dms at pete abides at risk vandal uh my christmas wish is that one person at least who listens slides into my dms that's my christmas wish also hopefully when this comes out our number one patron got his number one card. Yeah, if you uh, give to Patreon, we send Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. 
So, boom. By the way, our number one patron is visiting me over the holiday, possibly. I'll try to get some little snippet of something we could put on the show. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plum fairies danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what? To my wondering eyes should appear, but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer, and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof as I drew in my head and was turning around. Down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, <clears throat> and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, and his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. He had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump and right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew, like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. I'm sick.